This is a podcast from Rover. The Morning Rumble Catch-Up Podcast. He is the world's fastest-growing online personal trainer. He's a Sunday Times number one best-selling author, motivational speaker, a massive fan of the C word as well. <laughs> uh, huge following online and on Instagram alone. He has 1.1 million followers. And a new book out as well called How to Be Confident. It's James Smith. James, G'day, good morning. Hey, James. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Very well. I think I summed it all up there. So, James, if you're not <laughs> confident at the moment, and a lot that are listening to this probably aren't, uh, we all have moments in life when we're definitely not confident. Yeah. How do we get more confident? Well, we at least act like we're confident, but we're not. But we're not. Mm. I think um, first thing I like to do is help people with the realisation that confidence has a lot more to do with your relationship to failure than it does to your relationship to succeeding. And if people can realise there's a utility in failure and not to avoid it altogether then they can kind of find the pathway to actually becoming more confident, whether it's chatting up girls on a night out, you know, maybe it's sales calls for your business, whatever it is. If you can build a good relationship with failing, in a few years' time, people will turn around and probably point at you and say you're a confident person. So what happens, I get that, taking like, you know, uh, learning something from failure. What happens if someone's always failing though? Mm. <laughs> like if they can't learn to well, not fail, do you know? I completely understand what you mean. I think that, we need to use failure also to show us what isn't working. If we never fail in areas, we can never really build a case argument for what's not working and to change our ways. Mm -hmm. If people don't change their ways or their approach, sometimes, you know, there's going to be an issue there. If you're using the same chat up line or the same sales pitch for hundreds of times on end and it's not working, that's maybe not a confidence thing. That's probably a competence thing. So you are a personal trainer and obviously you're the it's the you're the fastest growing personal trainer in the world what's the key to your success then why what what failures have you had that you've learned from to build this massive following and be um privileged enough to be on our radio show no no 100 percent. first book i wrote was uh, called not a diet book and i was helping people kind of understand the bullshit in the industry and all the stuff to ignore yeah. the second book was saying to people that if you don't like your relationship and you don't like your jobs eating less food isn't really going to be plausible so it was more like a life design book then with the third one writing this book on confidence mm. people very much assume that i'm a confident person mm. but really i've just got a set of kind of values and and beliefs around attempting tasks so for years on end on social media, I got, you know, one year I got 800 followers posting every day for a year. Yeah. But my metrics for success weren't on becoming famous. They weren't on getting a big following. It was on doing the thing every day. I wrote sales emails for months on end before anyone bought anything because my success metrics weren't based on making sales. It was on doing the effort every day. So the book was more so telling people that, you know, you can't always be success orientated. You can't set your metrics for success as always something going right instead you need to make something shorter that's in your control every single day and if you do that every single day i mean it took me four years to get ten thousand followers than four years to get a million and not many people are really sharing their their story of success or the practices they use to get there because i'm a very different person now than i was before and it's mm. almost like you only call people confident in retrospect once they've done the work so i wanted to point out to people and make it very clear it wasn't the personality trait that I had because even out of the 16 personality traits, not one of them is confident. It's an attitude that you have. So if people can learn that, then they can kind of mimic that for themselves. Not everyone will or should want a large social media following. It's merely a tool I've used over the years to run a business. What are bad personality traits that we all have yeah. that we could do less of with? That we can recognize and work on? Well, 
I mean, I like to break things down personally. I actually uh, break things down and say, is confidence bullshit? Is it absolutely just, you know, a, a bullshit term that we use to mask the fact that we don't take a path of action? Because so many times during the day, we're presented with two paths. Do we do the path of action or inaction? Do we pussy out of the opportunity to talk to the person, to do the sales pitch, to, to tell someone how we're feeling? Or do to we just go for the run? Now, yeah, yeah, exactly. Same in rugby. You know, you see a little gap up ahead. You see someone play. You see a prop forward in the back line. And then you kind of doubt yourself. You don't do it and you pass. And it's very easy to build this narrative over enough time that you're just not a confident person. But really, I like to remind people they could be full of shit and using that as an excuse to never take the path of action. And if people, again, we've all seen in, in rugby over the years as well, you've got the player that wants to achieve and the player that wants to avoid failure. And if you go through life just wanting to avoid failure, you're never going to actually make anything of yourself. And it's all of these things combined to say to people, yeah, maybe you're not a confident person or maybe you're using that as an excuse. Okay, something more relatable to our listener then, um, who is a young male, may or may not be in a relationship, chatting up girls. Like it's the one thing that um, young males love to do. Uh, Mostly young males might be chatting up young men as well. But what about the confidence of approaching and talking to um, a potential partner at the bar, whether it be boy or girl? Yeah, so for this, is I've tried not to make it a dating book, but so many yeah, things in yeah. life come back to this exact thing because prospecting a partner, if you want to get someone interested in you, it's marketing. It's actually very similar to if you wanted to elicit a sale. So even if someone does find themselves in a loving relationship, they can still use this practice. First of all, they shouldn't set the success metric as getting the person's number or arranging a date. They should do it. It's just speaking to that person. And you might then say to yourself, okay, I'm going to have an uncomfortable conversation with a stranger every day. Hopefully, if you're a single person, you'd want that stranger to be someone of the opposite sex or someone that you're you're attracted to. And if they can come proficient with that, then over time, it's not going to be that much of a daunting task to just talk to someone. You could ask them about how their day is. Everything in life works in a similar way to gym training with progressive overload. You never ask someone to do something they can't do. You find out what they can do and you look for the next progression and you achieve it. Okay, James. So it's mid-September in New Zealand. We're approaching summer and I'm thinking to myself, I want to look maybe even better than what I do right now. Uh, When I say that, um, I mean way better. And lots of people listening will go, gee, I want to look better with summer coming. I mean, summer's here, man. Yeah. Well, so there's still a couple of months. Can I get in shape and what can I do within two months, please? Asking for a friend. Well, you can do it. You can do a lot in two months, but then it depends like, okay. on what you want to do with the trade-offs. My first bit of advice would be a lot of people say, oh, I want to lose 10 kilograms. And I'm like, no, nah, you want to lose one kilogram. Yeah. You want to do what's in your power to lose one, then lose one more. Also, I think you need to have a good goal because there are a lot of guys out there that, you know, in their topless men's health shoot cover, whatever. And I don't think that's an epitome of fitness nor a good goal to aim for. When we look at, say, uh, you've got an all-black rugby player and you've got some dude on the front cover of Men's Health this week, some guy who's shredded up. They're all black. On the day he performs and plays rugby, he should perform his best. But these dudes who get shredded and go on the front cover of magazines, the day they do that, they perform their worst. They're run down, they're tired, they're starved, they're underfed, they're malnourished, they're dehydrated. So we need to move away from this epitome of putting super shredded dudes as like that's the top of fitness because it's not. They perform often like shit. The second thing we need to do is like, you know, okay, what is performing to me? Is it looking a certain way or is it being comfortable in my budgie smugglers on the beach? Is it going for a run with my top off? Is it, you know, being able to drink enough spades and swing an axe at the weekend, chopping up wood for the winter, whatever it is. Yeah. So then 
you know, we get to determine what that success looks like. And if you let other people paint that picture for you, you could end up feeling a bit shit about it. But as long as you set those metrics for success of what it's like, then it's a lot easier to succeed. So tell us, uh, before we go, James, thanks for your time on this one. Uh, you were trying to get a, a job at a bar at the Opera House in Sydney. Um, what happened there and what's happening soon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, went, uh, I went backpacking when I was about 27 and uh, just randomly said to my dad, I'm going to Australia one way and did so with no savings, not a lot of money. I was getting a job at Fitness First and they pushed me back a month and I didn't have enough money to not be PTing. So I went to apply to Sydney Opera House for a job and you need this RSA. Like you've got to have a qualification to serve people that are drunk, even though I've been doing it for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And instead, instead, you know, I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to get my laptop out yeah. and I'm going to, you know, work a bit harder, push socials a bit harder, create an online uh, business for PT. And I ended up only working in that gym for a couple of months before going online in 2017. And I'll be headlining the Sydney Opera House in November doing a talk so I'll be doing a talk at a very venue I was going to get there you go. a job at before amazing you should get, just get real hammered and go to the bar and just see what the RSO is like <laughs> afterwards yeah, After I will, I will. Yeah. gee that's got to be a great sense of Cheers. achievement though yeah. like that's that's one of the great fuck yous <laughs> very much so and I'm looking forward to coming over to New Zealand as well I used to work on a farm in Omaru so oh, nice. uh, it'll be a little bit different we can tell them to get fucked as well, mate. <laughs> I, I, I love it in Omaru. Now you can come back and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been great. Thanks so much, James. Thanks All the best. Time. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate. That was the Morning Rumble Catch-Up Podcast. Catch them weekday mornings from 6.